The hosts of the Real Life Wellness Podcast are not licensed medical doctors, and this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice or any form of professional therapy, nor is it intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any illness or condition. All content and information in this podcast is created for informational purposes only. Please seek medical attention for matters relating to your health and never disregard the advice of a medical professional or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. Welcome to the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary Preston and Kisa Amaro, where we talk about different ways to integrate healthier habits into your life. Welcome back, friends. I'm Kisa Amaro, Certified Health Coach, and I work with moms to help them get control of their food cravings without deprivation or complicated meal plans. Hey, everyone. I'm Mary Preston, a licensed marriage and family therapist, life coach, and the founder of the Goodbye Burnout for Healthcare Professionals program. And so if you're a healthcare professional, come find the Saying Goodbye to Burnout Facebook group. Now more than ever, we really need to support each other and encourage each other to take care of and value ourselves. So the link will be in the show notes or just do a search on Facebook for the info. And uh, also, you guys, at the end of this month, I am running a group for healthcare professionals who want to thrive, not just survive through this pandemic. So if you're feeling aimless, hopeless, like you've lost your way and you want to get back on track, then check the show notes for the link to the application. If you missed the deadline because you're listening to this later, don't worry. I'm running this group in six-week increments until we are through this thing. Nice. Thank you, Mary. Yeah. And if you have any questions about any of that, any of our programs, the podcast, anything about health and wellness, come join us in the Real Life Wellness Podcast with Mary and Kisa Facebook group or come find us on social media. Yeah, and if you are struggling with food cravings, uh, come join me for my five-day challenge each month where we cover a topic or issue that will help you lose your cravings. It's free to join. Just head on over to my website, kisamaro.com, and sign on up. Yeah, super helpful. All right, on to our topic of the day, which is back to school. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe in a pandemic, right? All of the, all of the changes. Yeah. So in this episode, we discuss the uncertainty of going back to school during a pandemic. You know, it seems that everything is up in the air and with the ever changing circumstances of each day, you know, how do we really prepare for the unknown? All right. So, you know, kids and teachers are heading back to school soon, and some schools have already started back, and it seems like there is so much controversy about going back to school, so we decided to discuss this uh, ever-changing idea of education during a pandemic. Yeah. Um, And I started by writing a post on Facebook asking friends for their opinion and perspectives about heading back to school. And I got some really amazing responses that brought up uh, many points that I had like had not even crossed my mind. But an overarching theme that was running through these posts was fear of uncertainty, you know, this constant change and the unknown. I can't even imagine. Yeah, I bet. So we want to discuss some of the issues and challenges about going back to school whether you are a teacher, a parent, or student, and really to support you in facing the unknown of the future. All right. 
So if we take a look at the teacher perspective, um, I think one of the biggest issues is worrying about getting COVID, right, as a teacher. Right. Yeah, so um, scary. And just, I know that in Hawaii, I'm not sure about, you know, every state and every um, district, but in Hawaii, public schools, there's no PPE, personal protective equipment that is provided to teachers. This is so crazy. Um, so no masks, no like gloves. Um, they don't even get soap or like hand sanitizer. So there's nothing, literally nothing. And so I, it must I have to all come out of their own budget. Yeah. So it's either going to okay. come out of their budget um, or unless like... Um, kids bring soap or hand sanitizer on their own. Right, right. Or like the, hopefully the parents help out. Yeah. Wow. So it's either going to come from like teachers or uh, families. Okay. Um, so yeah, then there's like the massive changes to classrooms. So like the physical classroom, like how do you set up for, you know, six feet distancing in your classroom? <laughs> Um, changes to the curriculum because teaching online, if you're teaching online, that's a completely different way of teaching than if you were to teach in person, um, you know, as well as like different teaching strategies. Um, so that, that, I mean, that's huge, especially when um, they're kind of unknown as to like, are we going online? Are we in person? Like they don't really know. Right. Um, and so like, what both. do I prepare for? Do I prepare mm -hmm. for an online curriculum? Do I pair, prepare for an in-person curriculum? Right. And um, you know, all, all of our teachers, they're amazing, but they also mm -hmm. do a really thorough job, which means doing a really thorough job for plans A, B, and C. Oh yes, definitely. Um, so much work. Yeah. And, you know, schools are really used as childcare and learning. And I think one thing we've become aware of during this pandemic is how valuable our teachers, um, schools, and staff are. Yeah. And, you know, schools are really for educating the child. They're not for childcare. However, we do rely on them as childcare, as well as, you know, the after-school programs. So... If schools are online and distance learning, then the question is, who is going to watch our children if we have two working parents? Um, and so I think schools kind of have a, a difficult time as far as like, yeah, I mean, probably the best thing would be to do just distance learning. But mm -hmm. then it's like, well what about like the childcare aspect of it? Right. So I think that's where the struggle with like deciding what to do really comes in. Um, and then also my friend brought this up and I didn't even think about this is, you know, if they're distance learning and like the teachers teaching um, that the parents are watching the teacher teaching and <laughs> in a regular classroom, you know, right. it's just you and the students and like maybe admin or another teacher comes in. It's totally fine but the, the parents are not there. The parents are right. not watching you teach their children. So it could be just a little um, maybe nerve wracking for a teacher to have a parent be watching them. Right. To have this different audience also yeah. for their, for their classes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And also teachers are mandatory reporters of child abuse. Mm -hmm. um, and so if, if we are at distance learning, you know, teachers, 
they're not going to see the students in person and kind of like be able to interact with them as much as if it's uh, distance learning. Um, And so they may not be able to protect students as they would if, you know, seeing them in person. So, um, yeah, that's kind of a concern as far as uh, the teacher and child or student go. Um, Yeah, our teachers paid so much attention to our kids and they really are the first one to notice those, especially those emotional changes, you know, because a lot of times it's not just like, you know, people think about like, physical marks or something, but, mm-hmm. you know, like marked, yeah. marked changes in emotions and yeah, or just conversations mm-hmm. or their willingness to, you know, come talk to you or, you yeah. know, something like that. That's and that brings work. us into, you know, that teachers, they're not only teachers, but they, like they wear so many hats, but another big thing that, that they help with are they're like counselors. Oh yeah, know? for sure. And to all my teacher friends out there, you know what I'm talking about. You know, Mm. you deal with the social emotional issues all the time. And it's normal to have a first grader cry every day. (laughs) And it's normal Mm -hmm. to have a fifth grader cry. And you don't just ignore it. It's not like you're like, oh, well, I'm teaching. Let me just ignore this. No, you you know, you address it and you talk the students through the process, whatever they're dealing with. So... Um, so now I want to just look at the child or the student. Um, so from a kind of like a student perspective, there's less social interaction. I think that's the biggest thing about distance learning is the lack of social interaction. And, you know, schools are really made for social interaction and not social distancing. Yeah. It's going to be strange. Yeah. So how is this going to affect our children if we do online education, um, Mm -hmm. or distance learning? And, you know, for me, I am an introvert and like at the beginning of this pandemic, I was just like, oh yeah, I'm fine with this. Not seeing anybody that's, you know, like this is like my world, right? Yeah, totally. (laughs) So, but now it's just kind of like, oh, I just want to go hang out with Mm -hmm. my friends. I just want to go out to eat. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's affecting me even as an introvert. So looking at kids who are really social what is the impact of being socially isolated when distance learning going to be for them? Right. Yeah. How are they going to get that social interaction? Mm-hmm. Um, another concern is food. So some children rely on our school lunches and breakfasts as their main food source for the day. Um, and I know that the school that I was teaching at, we were about like 90% of free or reduced lunches. And right. so a lot of my students, like the only really like kind of like healthy food <laughs> that they mm-hmm. were getting, food I, kind provided. Of <laughs> I kind of say that, you know, laugh at that because not every lunch was healthy, but you know, they're getting yeah. rice, they're getting chicken, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that this is like some of their only food that this may be the only food they get that day, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And also schools are a safe place for students and some students have a chaotic or abusive environment at home. And if they're distance learning, they won't have the physical school building for like that safe haven or just to like get away and have mm-hmm. a break from that environment. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like when I was younger, I, you know, when things were a little chaotic at home, it was always such a relief, even if school wasn't great, at least I had a place to go 
Yeah. And so it was like, oh, I could get away from home and I could be at school and then I could get away from school and I could be at home. Mm-hmm. There was like, a, you know, a sharing, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And just like that change of environment. Yeah. Is, you know, nice so my parents have. could handle me and I could handle them. Um, and then the last thing um, I have for the student is, you know, being expected to sit in front of a screen instead of having an in-person experience. Yeah. So just sitting in front of the computer for however many hours. Um, yeah, I just, I yeah. just think that's going to be that's difficult. A that's a lot see. of video. And I know that our teachers are very creative and mm-hmm. they will, you know, do what they can to engage the students and have them move around. Yeah. Be super entertaining and and keep them engaged, but it's a lot of, a lot of video time. Yeah. And, and then, you know, just thinking about this, because I think there's a lot of disadvantage to like online social distancing, but then also Mm -hmm. the kids themselves are not very good at social distancing. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, you know, I saw a picture of a school the other day in Georgia it was like their first day in high school and it's just a mass of, was it the picture of, I think I saw that. Yeah. And like a hallway and you know, yeah. the explanation was they're just passing through, they're just headed to mm-hmm. their next class, but it was just a massive amount of students all in the hallway, all at the same time, you know? And if I honestly like thinking back to high school, if I was a high schooler, I would not be very good at not hugging my friends. Yeah. It would be hard. Really? You know, it would be hard. <laughs> so see how it goes <laughs> that's a challenge <laughs> see what happens um okay so I want to take a look at the parent perspective um so uh, you know as I mentioned before we really rely on school as childcare, um and I know we want our children to be going back to school and I know some people are waiting for the in-person because they want to go back to their job as well. Mm-hmm. So if their child's at home and they're not able to work from home, you know, they might have to be there with their child. If they were, are a younger child, you know, they're going to have to be there with them. Yeah. Especially childcare is really expensive. So it is, I mean, it does make the economy work that the kids can be at school and the parent can be at work. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I love, I love talking, especially when I was a teacher, like talking with parents, kind of like the beginning of the summer, they're so like gung ho and like they have all these activities planned. And then by like the last weeks of summer, they're like, when does school start? You know, like <laughs> Somebody they're, ready, my they're ready for them to go back. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, so, yep. so, but our, you know, our kids haven't been home since only not just this summer, but pretty much since April, they've yeah, been home. They've been home and for so a long time. <laughs> I think parents are, you know, ready for them to be back in an in-person learning environment. Um, and, you know, being a teacher and a mother, I can see both sides of the coin. You know, as a teacher, um, I'm not here to babysit your child. I'm mm-hmm. here to teach and teach them and help them to learn. But as a parent, in order to go back to work or make work at home sane, mm-hmm. um, I want my child to go to school. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so there's like, you know, two sides of the coin here. Um, yeah. And then just like the being ready for constant change and having to be open to 
things changing and schedules changing, Mm -hmm. whether it be, um, uh, you know, like, oh, our school districts is going to do like the first three weeks of distance learning and then they're going to reevaluate. And so then they might do uh, in, you know, in school. So it's like, okay, well, for three weeks I can plan, but then after that, what do I do? Right. And then we don't know what's next. And, you know, I, I was working with a parent where she was like, yeah, you know, I'd sign my kiddo up for like soccer and like couple days in like so excited and they'd be like oh just kidding it's not happening she's like oh like yeah. I kept telling my kid that he's going to something I'd sign him up and then they'd cancel it so, yeah a lot of ups and downs definitely with them looking forward to being places too oh, yeah um and also you know like just really being respectful I know we all have our own situation we all have our own opinions and views but just like really being respectful of each parent's decision about the school option they choose for their child. Absolutely. You know, they may choose to pull their child out and homeschool them. Um, if they're not, if they don't feel comfortable with them going to school, um, or maybe they don't, uh, feel comfortable with them doing like an online distance learning. And Mm -hmm. so they want to homeschool them. Um, yeah, I think everybody's choice is going to be up to what's best for them and their family. Yeah. And then lastly, I just want to talk about the schools and kind of like, I know we, we kind of look to the schools to like kind of have the answers, but mm-hmm. you know, they're really faced with a situation that they've never had to deal with or really even think about <laughs> before. Yeah, seriously. So, <laughs> you know, they don't, they want to do what's best for the child, for the student and for the community. Right. That's what I just think, you know, like they want to do their best for the community and the child. Um, but the thing is they don't necessarily know what's the best since this is a completely new experience. So it's probably going to be some trial and error and just know that, like, just know that they're trying their best. They're figuring out what's working and like, you know, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah. And listen, I've worked in a lot of schools, you know, in my previous jobs and there's not been one school, you know, there's always one or two of the staff members, you know, they're a little checked out. They kind of don't care so much. We know yeah. who those are, yeah. but like 99% of the school system is just bending over backwards and spending their own money and their own time trying to figure this out. Like, how do we get the kids back in school? Cause they love our kids. <laughs> they really do. Those teachers, they love yeah. your kids. Yeah. And I know a lot of, a lot of teachers have been sacrificing their summer break mm-hmm. to, you know, like meet with their school and figure out the plan and put arrows on floors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tape Setting up their physical classroom. <laughs> squares, right? Like figuring so. out how to, I've seen all kinds of like, um, barriers that they've created, you know, mm-hmm. like what's that like acrylic barriers so you can see yeah. through them, but yeah you can see I mean, through it yeah they're so great the best <laughs> yep well all right so that's a lot of so that's a bummer piece it's of. a downer <laughs> that's a lot of we'll challenges we'll leave you here no. a lot of challenges so what we thought we'd do next is talk about some strategies where you know we can't i think we can't get to a place where we feel like we're in control of this situation right because the truth is that things are possibly going to change last minute, right? Things are just, Mm -hmm. we're just figuring things out. Nobody really knows exactly what's going on. 
But we do have some strategies um, to share that have been really useful for people throughout the last couple of months. Um, they seemed really especially helpful for parents and teachers, so I'm going to share them with you. Um, so the first one is this idea of mouse view versus eagle view. And this comes from Martha Beck's work, and we just talked about her in the last podcast, and um, she's spectacular, so you should, you know, look her up. Anyway, so mouse view. So if you think about a mouse, right, a mouse is in the field, and all they can see is like the blades of grass, right? The blades of grass are almost like trees to a mouse. They're huge, and they really obscure the pathway. So all the mouse can do is really move like one or two steps forward and it can't really tell, you know, it can't see the end of the path. The eagle, on the other hand, is flying above the field, right? So it can really see the whole field. It can see where the mouse is. It can see where the pathway is and it can see the destination, right? It's got this this overarching big picture view that's really important to keep in mind right now. You know, with, with the quarantine and the pandemic and the virus and the mask wearing, like all of this stuff seems to be putting us very much into mouse view very often, right? It's like, I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow, right? I don't know if soccer camp's going to be canceled. I can only plan for today, hope for tomorrow, but then tomorrow mm -hmm. it might be canceled. So then I have to like plan again. Mm -hmm. So one of the strategies that's been really helpful is to every once in a while, kind of almost like take this, this view of the big picture, right? I like to think about five years from now where even if we're still wearing masks, right? Or the coronavirus is still kind of a thing, right? There's a little bit of uncertainty. We, we've really got it handled at that point, right? We, we know when to wear masks. We know when to wash our hands, we know, you know, how to treat the coronavirus. At that point, we're we're back in school or we've got online school, like down to a science, right? Like mm -hmm. whatever is happening in five years, this is no longer a concern, right? Even if things have changed, we've got it handled, right? It's like we've been doing it for five years. And so we we know the situation and we're not concerned anymore. So sometimes I like to just think about like really long-term, right? And also to think about the long-term intention. What's the intention for sending your kid back to school or keeping them home, right? Eventually your kid's going to catch up and they're going to be fine. You know, they're like all of this weirdness of not going to school or being your child's teacher, basically, when you are not trained like teachers are, you know, your kids are going to be fine. They're going to, they're going to catch up. They're going to be okay in a couple of years probably in a couple, <laughs> couple of weeks. And honestly, yeah. the kids are probably way more fine than the adults are. <laughs> <laughs> probably. The adults are, you know, it's, it's hard for us because we have to like plan ahead. We have to think about finances and what about school mm -hmm. and sign papers. And kids are just like, well, just like, tell me where to go. Could you? Yeah. So that's one of the first ones. Um, super helpful. And then the next one, so I like to think about really challenging times in terms of what's called the butterfly metaphor. So I'll give you a really quick and dirty summary of it. So when caterpillars begin the change into a butterfly, right? We all, we know about the chrysalis, right? That outer shell thing that you see. 
And so the caterpillar, you know, builds the shell around itself and then it just like hangs on a leaf and you can't see anything happening, right? It just looks like nothing. And most of us, you know, I used to imagine that it, you know, it like the caterpillar like went in there, built a wall, and then it like grew some wings and some legs and then flies out. But the truth is, it doesn't just grow wings. Instead, it actually builds a chrysalis and then turns into like liquid. It just completely falls apart. It just becomes goop. (laughs) And so if you actually, like if you cut the chrysalis open in this stage, all you're going to see is like a puddle of cells and it looks like a total mess. Like how, how is this good? (laughs) This cannot be good. It's got to be a problem. Right. But the truth is those cells actually, they're called imago cells and they have like the instruction manual on how to be a butterfly. And so they just start to come together and build a butterfly inside of there. I'm sure it's a little more complicated than that, right? But that's the process. It falls apart and then those cells come together to become a butterfly. And so that part's really important, right? When we talk about struggle, falling apart and coming together. But then this next part has always felt really important to me. Um, The butterfly has to get out of the chrysalis. And in order to do so, it has to really like fight its way out, right? It kind of like it it makes a little hole and then it, it struggles. And if you cut the chrysalis open and help the butterfly out, it actually won't be strong enough to survive, right? It'll, it just won't be strong enough to fly and to be a butterfly. And so they actually die. <laughs> it's real bummer. Wow. Um, so it's this interesting idea, right? Where the struggle is the thing that makes the butterfly strong enough, which I think is really beautiful. Um, right. So the struggle is necessary. So Thinking about that metaphor, Martha Beck, again, this is Martha Beck's work. She's, she's categorized things into four phases and, you know, you are in one of these four phases for sure when it comes to the quarantine pandemic situation, right? So the first phase is dissolving, right? That idea of just everything has fallen apart. I feel like that was really March, April of this year, right? Where you're just like, nobody knows what's going on. Businesses are just closing. Nobody's at work. Mm -hmm. Nobody has laptops at home, right? Kids are just home. Nobody knows what's going on, right? Dissolving. Just everything falls apart into a goop. Phase two, I feel like we're kind of a little bit in this phase and maybe a little bit beyond, but phase two is this idea of just imagining what could be next, because you can't really use the past to figure out what to do in the future, right? We've never been through a pandemic. We've never had to social distance in the school system before. We've, mm-hmm. right? This has never been a thing. So we can't really, we can take some of our information from the past, but we kind of have to rebuild in our imaginations a new future. Um, and so I feel like that's where we are, especially with the school systems, right? Teachers are like, well, you know, like, here's how I'm going to try to do online schooling. And here's how I'm going to social distance my classroom. Phase three is called reforming, right? So this idea of like those cells, the imagination comes together and puts something together. And so I feel like we're a little bit in between phase two and phase three, right? Like we're imagining things and we're, we're building it. We're putting it together. We're trying things out. This is also the part, right, where Kisa was talking about the schools are going to do a lot of trial and error. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of 
getting things wrong. They're going to get a lot of things right. They're going to get a lot of things wrong, right? But if you think about the butterfly, this is the struggle that's so important. This is what makes us strong. This is how we're going to mm-hmm. learn and become new and I'll just say better people. <laughs> we're going to be better people after this. Definitely. I agree, Mary. And then phase four is full flight. You know, eventually it's going to be, you know, we'll just be back to the regular challenges of teenagers. (laughs) Just smooth sailing. (laughs) Right. Right. Just regular, regular old, you know, life where there's always challenges, but this particular challenge, right. This, this pandemic situation, the social distancing thing won't be such a struggle anymore. We'll, we'll feel like we're, we're flying through it. So it's helpful for me to remember that sometimes it has to feel like goop and sometimes it has to feel like a struggle. It's part of the process. (laughs) I love that metaphor, Mary. I love it too. I always like to, I like to think about that. And um, the last strategy that I have for you is basically just called like the what if game, right? Which your brain is playing with you anyway. So we might as well play it fully and intentionally. So you know, huge fan here. I'm a huge fan of backup plans. So often my clients allow scenarios to like cycle through their minds and because they don't want to spend all of their time worrying, they'll address it by saying something like, well, that would never happen. So don't even like think about it. Right. I don't know if you've talked to anybody about like your worries about what's coming up and people are like, well, don't even worry about it. Like it's not even a problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our, our brains don't like that answer. That's the truth. Right. So they continue to ask, what if a lot of times, as soon as we go to sleep, your brain's like, oh, hey, remember when we were thinking about this terrible scenario and trying to figure out what would happen? It pops back up at that point. Right. Your brain just like continues to ask, what if this? What if that? So I encourage you to sit down with a piece of paper and write all of them down, no matter how ridiculous you think they might seem or no matter how much that you think it's just there's no chance of it happening. Write all of them down right? There's the usual, like, what if school goes online? Totally. What if I catch the coronavirus and can't go to work? What if my child catches COVID? What if my child falls behind in school or I can't be there to teach them or to help them? Or what if my child hates online school? Um, You know, I thought about this. What if my child is afraid to go to school, right? If they are going in person and they're afraid of what's happening. What if my child's like best friend catches the coronavirus, right? What if there's so many possibilities that, that your brain's going to come up with and write them all down, right? Get a piece of paper, write all of them down and then answer every single one, right? So if my child catches the coronavirus, this is my plan. If school goes completely online, this is my plan, so on and so forth, right? This is how I'll handle if I get the coronavirus. This is how I'll handle if my kid's teacher gets the coronavirus, right? Like kind of answer those questions instead of tucking them away or avoiding those questions. And then hopefully that'll help your brain relax a little bit, right? And then, you know, when it starts to come up again and it's like, oh, what if this happens? You're like, oh, I already have a plan for that. I kind of hate this plan, right? It's not, it's not ideal that I get coronavirus and that this is how I have to handle it, but I do have a plan. So we can kind of, we can put that anxiety away. Nice. I like those, Mary. Thank you for sharing those. All right. So hopefully some of those are helpful. So for our, instead of, we don't really have tips. We're kind of just going to summarize, right? We had a lot of kind of worries and challenges, 
challenges <laughs> and <laughs> right uh, barriers that we were talking about before. And so just a reminder, like here's, here's some things you can do to help yourself feel a little bit more in control, a little bit more um, on purpose and intentional. So number one is that long-term, right? Don't forget, sometimes we get into that mouse view and that's important sometimes, but sometimes drop into that eagle view, right? Like look at the overarching big picture. See if you can see the whole field. See if you can see the where you are now and also where you're headed. Um, number two, you know, big fans of that planning ahead and writing it down, right? Like do the what if game. What happens? What is my plan for all of these questions that my brain is going to come up with. Um, three, you know, it sounds like bad news, but I think sometimes it's really helpful to remember, right? Like, don't forget that it's just going to be hard and it's supposed to be, <laughs> right? This is life. Mm -hmm. That butterfly metaphor, right? The phases of change. Every important change ever goes through these phases. First, we completely fall apart. It feels terrible. We're like, what's going on? This is awful. Then we have to imagine what life will be like from now on because things have fallen apart and we have to kind of use our imaginations, um, right? We have, to, we have to think about what we want the future to be like and maybe we just have to make it up. You know, maybe we have some idea, but maybe it's just going to be totally new and different. And then we just put our plans into place, right? Like sometimes all you can do is just put one foot in front of the other and see how it goes, trial and error, see if it works. We're going to struggle. We're going to fail. We're going to succeed. We're going to take one step back and another step forward. And then after all of our hard work, one day we're going to look back and we're going to remember how hard it was to go through. But now we are a butterfly and things are fantastic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so next, um, just really make your own decision. Um, based on your needs and the needs of your children. So, you know, yes. there's no right or wrong choice in this situation. Um, so make the one that works best for you and your family and don't worry what your neighbor is doing. Mm -hmm. um, don't worry about what, you know, maybe people have opinions about what you're doing. Don't worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You gotta just do what's right yeah, for you. Just and do your what's kids. best for you. Absolutely. And then number five, you know, on the back of that, you know, have your own back. Like maybe your neighbor is doing one thing and you've decided to do another, you know, maybe your neighbor is keeping the kids home and you're sending your kids to school, have your own back. Know that once you've made a decision that you have put as much thought into it as you can, and that it's the best decision for you and your family. And even if you, you know, even if your plans change later, the decision you make today is the right one. And hoping that if you can do that, you can just spend less time second guessing yourself and just following through with your plan instead of, you know, being in your own head about it. Nice. That's it. Thanks, Mary. Yeah. Hopefully those are helpful. I really hope, you know, I have so much, uh, you know, I feel so much for, for the parents and the teachers and the schools right now, you know, there's no, no right or wrong answers. No, we've never been here before. We're just making it up as we go along and, you know, eventually we're going to look back and we're going to be like, man, 2020. <laughs> right. Such a, <laughs> such a joker. <laughs> it's going to be great. You guys. It is going to be amazing. All right, friends, that's all we've got for you today. Thank you so much for being awesome as always and listening in. 
Tune into our next episode where we're going to talk about getting a second wind in this pandemic situation, right? Like just kind of prepping ourselves to, to be energetic and, and doing this thing. Um, if you'd like to know more about us and if you have any questions or comments, remember to head on over to our dedicated Facebook group. And you can also contact Kisa and find the show notes at Kisa's website at www.kisaamaro.com. That's K-E-Y-S-A-A-M-A-R-O.com. Awesome. And if you know someone who you think would benefit from the information shared on our podcast, please go ahead and share this episode with them. We want to extend our message to and really support as many people as possible. And we need your help to get our message out. And if you enjoy the show, we would love it if you would leave us an honest review on iTunes. Simply go to iTunes and search for the podcast page. Hit the tab for ratings and reviews and click on write a review. That's it. Super helpful. Get us to the top. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, friends. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.